the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Welcome. Jimmy Sangenberger in for Stefan Tubbs. One more time this week on News Talk 710 KNUS. Stefan, of course, has been on the mend after hand surgery on Monday. When it's your dominant hand, it can be a tricky thing. And he's a left-handed guy with a left-handed surgery. But he's hoping to be back in tomorrow, so hopefully that will be the case. Good to be with you today on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710-KNUS. Best wishes to Stefan in his ongoing recovery. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show every Saturday morning from... 6 to 9 on this very station. Our telephone number, if you want to join in to the festivities, 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone and a couple ways to connect with yours truly on social media. On Twitter, in the Twitterverse, you can tweet at me. And follow me on Twitter, at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. And there's also my Facebook page, Jimmy Sangenberger Media Personality, or Facebook.com slash Jimmy Sangenberger Pro. Plus, a couple ways to email me, 24-7-365. One, you can go to, of course, 710knus.com and go to my show's page, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, and email me there. And then there's my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. And again, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number to join into the festivities. There is going to be ample time to be a part of the program today. As of now, we have one guest scheduled. I wanted to bring my friend Keith Nobles back. He was on my show on Saturday along with Christina Cook, his co-host of a new podcast that is called Cowgirls and Indians. But I wanted to bring him back in his capacity as a former military intelligence contractor during the last decade of the Cold War. He knows... A heck of a lot about Russia and the dynamics there. And I wanted to get Keith's thoughts on what's happening in Ukraine right now, especially with the U.S. government sending 31 Abrams tanks, while the Germans will send 14, I think it is, Leopard tanks, and other European countries will be sending tanks. What does that assign for? And it is a good idea. Is it a good idea or a bad idea? Is it an undue escalation? Are we too overextended in Ukraine? Or is this valuable and necessary and in the best interests of the American people? 
Not only will Keith be joining us to offer insights, he'll be happy to have you join into the conversation as well. I would love a little bit of back and forth with Keith, 303-696-1971. He'll be coming on at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So in a little less than an hour, we will bring Keith Nobles on the program. And he's been my go-to guy since literally day one. I was in this chair filling in for Stefan the day that Russia began moving troops into Ukraine and the invasion was starting. And just before Keith came on the air, I said, hey, Keith, I I hope uh, I just joked. I hope this isn't a sign that as we talk about this, Russia's going to actually invade. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I think while we were on the air, the invasion was underway. But we will dive in with Keith Nobles coming up in the next hour and get your thoughts on the conversation as well. There are so many other topics to talk about. I know Deborah was touching a bit on, and we'll have Jack Phillips on tomorrow, about what this Colorado appeals court has decided now, the latest attack on Masterpiece Cake Shop and Jack Phillips. Reading from Michael Carlick at Colorado Politics, for the second time in nearly eight years, Colorado's second highest court has agreed Masterpiece Cake Shop Inc. violated the state's anti-discrimination law by refusing to sell a cake to an LGBTQ customer. A three-judge panel for the Court of Appeals concluded the store's owner, Jack Phillips, ran afoul of the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, CADA, when he turned down a transgender woman's request for a cake because of her gender identity. Although Phillips attempted to justify his actions by referencing his religious beliefs, the panel noted that Colorado has a compelling interest in preventing discrimination in places of public accommodation like businesses. Judge Timothy J. Schutz wrote in his opinion today, quote, Kata is rationally related to a legitimate governmental interest. Accordingly, Kata may be enforced against Masterpiece and Phillips without violating their right to the free exercise of religion. Now, there could be something encouraging here. However, The conservative majority U.S. Supreme Court is poised to hand down the opposite conclusion in a separate but similar free speech case pending before the justices. 303 Creative v. Elenis. That's, of course, the case of Lori Smith and her web and graphic design company. The case also arose from Colorado and, like Phillips, involves a Christian business owner whose religious beliefs are inimical to LGBTQ rights. That language... I'm on the opinion side of Colorado politics where I write my column. Inimical to LGBTQ rights? Are you kidding me? Really? This has nothing to do with LGBTQ rights here in this case. And everything to do with the right of a guy like Jack Phillips to decide whether or not a certain specific kind of cake that he pours his heart and soul into designing and making custom. It's not just a delicious cake. He does incredible things. He's literally an artist. They are custom cakes. He needs to be forced to violate his beliefs 
by using his unique artistic talents to celebrate something that is anathema to his beliefs? Now, this notion of LGBTQ rights is very, very narrow. I know Jack Phillips. He's a great guy who supports the human rights of all individuals. Buying a cake and getting it custom designed is not a right, no matter what community you purport to be coming from. He's been put through the ringer constantly throughout these years. For crying out loud, how many other bakeries and cake shops are there probably within a square mile or two of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood? How many? It's not like he's the only one in town, which may or may not really make a difference. But that isn't the case anyway. You know that they do this for a particular reason. So the government is most definitely targeting the likes of Jack Phillips here. And God willing, the Supreme Court will come down with a decision this time that is not narrowly tailored specifically to just how Jack is treated by the state government and the commission or whatever, whatever it is, because that's what the first case that he went before the Supreme Court, that decision was very narrow specifically about how they treated him in that instance and the discrimination that they brought to bear against him in that specific instance, and the Supreme Court didn't brought in and out. Their decision was not a big picture win for free speech and religious liberty. It was a very narrow win in that case. This time, though, Jack Phillips may be saved by the Supreme Court coming in and saying, look, we are going to put forward a ruling that applies across the country and invalidates a law like the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, or at least the part of it that is relative to this. It's just absurd. And look, you don't have to agree with him or what he decides to do with his business. I'm not a baker. I can make websites. But I I would be willing to make the make a cake myself if I were if I had talents to actually do that. I can bake a simple yellow cake with chocolate frosting, but anything beyond that's too high above my pay grade. I would do it though. I'm fine with that. But I don't think a guy like Jack Phillips, who is very adamant that he cannot, for his religious beliefs, say support a gay wedding ceremony with by uh, lending his talents and lending his unique artistic vision. Same goes for Lori Smith. And the same goes for celebrating a gender transition. So this is the wrong decision from this appeals court. And hopefully the Supreme Court will strike this down when it rules in Lori Smith's case. 303-696-1971 
is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. And, of course, you can text into the show on the 710K NUS app on your smartphone. What do you make of this? Will they ever lay off Jack Phillips? Or is, is this going to continue until one of two things happens? One, he goes out of business, which means that's the one and only way he would cave. He goes out of business, which would be horrifying and horrible. Given the amount of blood, sweat, and tears he's put into building that business, the reputation he has built up that is positive for, yes, treating people with kindness and goodness, for making delicious treats, for having incredible artistry on his custom cakes. After all that time, will he have to give it up? Or will the Supreme Court ride in and on the horse and save the day and say, nope, we're not going to tolerate this. This kind of thing is struck down in Lori Smith's case, and it applies as a result to Jack Phillips. Enough is enough. It, it seems like it's every year we get some new update of some sort of targeting or something going on against Jack and... It is absurd. Definitely will be listening with great interest to Deborah's interview tomorrow, 3 to 4, Deborah Flores Show with Jack Phillips, owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop. And we'll see where this goes with the Supreme Court. And hopefully the day will be saved in the end and we will have the rights of a business owner when it comes to choosing how they express their talents and use their talents and put it to use, that those rights are affirmed. Because that's the real right that's in question. Nobody has a right to a cake. But you have a right to free speech and to freely exercise your religious faith enshrined in the Constitution. Now, here's a question. Is the Constitution something that... A judicial nominee should be aware of, like, I don't know, the article of the Constitution that deals with constitutional amendments, or even more, the article of the Constitution that deals with the legislative branch, because it seems like Judge Charnel Belkingren, if I'm pronouncing that right, a Spokane County Superior Court in Washington, nominated by President Biden to serve on the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Washington. It seems like she doesn't know those basic questions herself. Judge, on the far end, uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. Constitutional amendments. Legislative branch. Article 2. Neither is Article 2. Okay. Do you know what purposivism is? Um, In my... 
12 years as an assistant attorney general huh? and my nine years serving as a judge, I was not faced with that precise question. Um, we are the highest trial court in Washington State, so I'm frequently faced with um, issues that I'm not familiar with, and I thoroughly review the law, our research, and apply the law to the facts okay. presented to me. Well, you're going to be faced with it as a, if you're confirmed. I can assure you of that. I am a criminal court judge, and I want to be appointed as a federal judge, and I can't answer. In the first two instances, very basic constitutional questions. And then the, the third one was relative to legal theory. You would think that somebody who wants to be a federal judge would know that Article 1 deals with the executive or the legislative branch. Article 2 deals with the executive branch. Article 3 deals with the judicial branch. Legislative branch came first because that was the one that has the House of Representatives that's closest to the people. It's the body that legislates that makes the laws. The executive branch then comes second because that's the president who administers the laws. And then the judicial branch is more narrowly tailored ultimately came upon the power of judicial review, they are Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution. But a potential federal judge doesn't know that. Hmm. I don't know. Good question. Good on Senator Kennedy for asking that basic question. I wonder where she comes down on the free exercise of religious liberty and freedom of speech in creating unique custom content or cakes or what have you. Be curious about that one. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Stefan Tubbs. We're going to take a break. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. What are your thoughts so far today? 303-696-1971 plus more fallout from Eric Swalwell and Adam Shifty Schiff being tossed off of the intelligence committee and oh by the way it looks like shifty shift wants to make a shift in which chamber of congress he is a member of we'll get to that story coming up as well 303-696-1971 jimmy sangenberger in for stefan tubbs here on denver's local talk leader news talk 710 knus 27 minutes after four o'clock jimmy sangenberger here with you News Talk 710-KNUS-303-696-1971 is our telephone number to join in to the festivities. Listener text coming in just now. We were sharing the news that once again, there, Jack Phillips' Masterpiece Cake Shop is in the news with the Colorado Appeals Court finding that Masterpiece Cake Shop violated their anti-discrimination law again. The state's anti-discrimination law. Listener text coming in suggesting that Jack Phillips should start thinking out of the box and come up with a different business model. For example, he could move to a membership sales structure where he only sells to members of his cake shop. Now that's possible and maybe, you know, if he gets to the point where it's stay or go, that seems like that could be a third way, 
stay, but stay in a different way. You know, change up your business model. Right now, he's been in the thick of it, fighting for so many years, and you got this major Supreme Court case that could impact him in this case, this circumstance, and others. So why would he throw up his hands at this point and just say, well, to hell with selling to the general public. I'm going to change up my business model and go to a membership structure and serve members only. I I think it's a little premature for that kind of discussion even now. Even after all these years, he's, he's even closer with Laurie Smith's case, I would surmise. Stephen Littleton, Jimmy, sadly, I predict the harassment of Jack will never stop. The state courts are just aiding and abetting this persecution. They should be ashamed. Yes, indeed. I agree with you, Steve. There's really nothing more to say than I agree with you. You know what I also who I also agree with? I just so happen to agree with Speaker Kevin McCarthy. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the Intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI. He came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel because it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. All right? I loved hearing that. Very affirmatively, very confidently. Well, guess what, folks? Today, Adam Shifty Schiff has announced that he is running for the United States Senate in California. See, he knew he was going to be tossed off the intel committee. So he was literally biding his time until getting to this exact point where he was off the committee and then suddenly, oh, now I'm going to announce my bid for the U.S. Senate against Dianne Feinstein or in the event that the, I believe, oldest senator in the U.S. Senate now, 91 years old by the time she would be sworn in for another term in 2025, so in her late 80s right now, uh, in the event that she decides to retire, and there's a lot of talk and expectation that she's going to retire, hence multiple members of Congress announcing that they are running. Uh, Katie Porter on the far left of the Democrat Party in the House, uh, she is running as well. She's known for her whiteboards and her celebrated on the left, supposedly gotcha moments. Now, Shifty Schiff getting into the race. What do you think about that? Adam Schiff running for the United States Senate. Good idea? Bad idea. 
You know, Eric Swalwell defended Adam Schiff and really just stood up for his integrity on MSNBC yesterday. Let's take a listen to this clip. I just want to make one point about Adam Schiff, uh, because during the first uh, impeachment, during the Russia investigation, as Kevin McCarthy and uh, his leadership team tried to run every play to obstruct the investigation, like sending many of the people depicted in that video into a top secret skiff where they're not allowed to have electronics, where they're not you know, allowed to be unless they're cleared, and, and they barged in there. Adam never flinched. He was a fearless leader. Never flinched. Throughout fearless that leader. Never flinched. And that's why never they're targeting flinched. him. And, and the same with me and Miss Omar. It's the fact that we never flinched and we were fearless uh, in our resolve fearless to hold resolve. Donald Trump accountable. So, uh, uh-huh. and frankly, does it suck to not be on a committee that does such important work? Yes. It's not about me, though. As Mr. Schiff no. said, it's no, about no, 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 who no. is now given access you know, to top secret information mm-hmm. uh, and what it means mm-hmm. to use political vengeance uh, to exact revenge political on your political opponents. Oh, the heroism. See, Adam Schiff is a hero. He's fearless. Eric Swalwell is fearless. Ilhan Omar is fearless. They are heroes who will stand up against the Republican tyranny. How dare these heroes who stood tall when it counted, how could they be thrust off the committee? Well, as far as Swalwell's concerned, we played this yesterday. Let's hear it again. Speaker McCarthy on good old Eric. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with the Chinese spy until he served on intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the intel committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with the Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. But he's fearless, Kevin. Come on, man. Swalwell and Schiff were fearless. Here's how they defended themselves, both Schiff and Swalwell. This is Kevin McCarthy's way of getting and keeping the votes he needs to be speaker. It's going to breed uh, distrust in the intelligence community. They're not going to want to share information with Congress that we need to make good decisions. It's political vengeance. It's too bad because that committee has always been a bipartisan committee. And he's taking one of the most precious pieces of glassware uh, in the congressional cabinet and smashing it. Political vengeance. How diabolical. Political vengeance. Um... Let's just be real about this. Adam Schiff is having a field day raising money for his U.S. Senate campaign today. Bet your bottom dollar that's what's going on. And this is working to his favor. It's helping him okay, but you know what? He deserves to be kicked off that intel committee no matter how much he wants to complain. No matter how much Swalwell wants to claim fearlessness. They both deserve to go. It had to happen, and it has happened. 
Jim Jordan explained a little bit more about why it was valuable to get rid of Adam Schiff on Fox News. So uh, look and understand when, when Adam Schiff was saying all the things he said that turned out not to be accurate, he was saying them as the chairman of the Intel Committee, a guy who gets briefed on things that the rest of the world doesn't get to see. So there is an air of, of, of confidence in, that comes with that, but it turned out not to be accurate. So I think, uh, look, Speaker McCarthy's been clear. He said he's told the conference. He said, look, if you saw the information that I get briefed on as part of the Gang of Eight regarding these two individuals, you would make you would be doing the same thing I'm doing. So right. I trust the speaker and. Um, they're not going to be on the. Uh, they're not going to be on the intel committee. No, 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 no. You have to understand. Again, Adam Schiff fearlessly lied. He boldly and fearlessly lied and stuck to his guns and consistently promised something that never came to fruition. And spewing what we know was false from all the RussiaGate claims. And then they have the audacity to claim fearlessness and basically the mantle of heroism. Nonsensical. And now, yes, indeed, Adam Schiff has announced that he is running for United States Senate in California. Now, he's certainly going to be playing off of his Democrat impeachment of Trump credentials, Here is what the New York Times reports. Representative Adam B. Schiff, the California Democrat who emerged as one of President Donald J. Trump's chief congressional tormentors from his perch atop the House Intelligence Committee, announced on Thursday that he would seek the Senate seat long held by Dianne Feinstein. In a video on Twitter, he said, I wish I could say the threat of MAGA extremists is over. It is not. Today's Republican Party is gutting the middle class, threatening our democracy. They aren't going to stop. We have to stop them. He is continuing his fearless heroism, isn't he? Mr. Schiff, 62, is the second member of California's Democratic congressional delegation to join the 2024 race after Representative Katie Porter. He enters the campaign with the largest national profile, built from his position as the manager of Mr. Trump's first impeachment trial. He later served on the House committee responsible for investigating the origins of the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. Now, Diane Feinstein, it should be noted, she's 89. She hasn't said whether she's going to run again, but Democrats are worried about her age, her ability to serve, and uh, there's a widespread belief that she is not going to run for re-election. So, there you go. Shifty Schiff is running for United States Senate, what do you make of that? What does it tell you about the state of the Democrat Party today, in this moment, that not only is he running for Senate, but that he has a significant shot at becoming the next senator from California? There's good reason to have him off the Intel Committee, but he is playing up that issue. So that could end up, could it backfire? There's a question. Could McCarthy's decision to toss him out, backfire off the 
Intel Committee backfire and end up helping Schiff in his bid to become a United States Senator. Frankly, it's entirely possible. There's no reason to believe that it is not possible. One more clip on this. Of course, Corinne Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary, had to comment on the removals of Swalwell and Schiff and the prospects of Omar being removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Here's what she had to say as she was struggling to answer a question she knew was coming. So I'll say this. Uh Representative Schiff, Representative Swalwell, uh, and uh, also represent, uh, Representative uh, Omar are, um, you know, our expertise and bring a lot to the table when it comes to oh, yes. uh, foreign policy and national security. And we'll say this, uh, you know, uh, we'll say this. We'll say that. Um, we'll say this. You know, we'll say when it we'll comes say to that. that committee, it should not be politicized. Uh, it should be independent. And, uh, and again, those congressional members bring a lot of expertise mm. uh, to that committee, and uh, I'll leave it there. Well, I- I'll say this. I'll say this. Shouldn't you be prepared for that question? Like, honestly, that was one of the most woefully unprepared questions we've heard from a woefully unprepared press secretary in Corinne Jean-Pierre. Seriously, that was a, a no-brainer question. You're going to be asked about the removal of two prominent Democrats, one of whom, Swalwell, remember, he ran for president of the United States. And you're not prepared for that question? How? How in the world? What do you make of this? Give us a call, shoot a text, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Let's go ahead and take a break. We are, oh, 18 minutes before... Five o'clock coming up in the next hour. Keith Nobles will join us, longtime military intelligence contractor. Keep it right here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Jimmy in for Stefan. Coming back, Jimmy Sangenberger in for Stefan Tubbs. John Popper on that harmonica man with Blues Traveler, one of the best harp players to live. Good to be with you. On the program on this Thursday, the 26th of January. Can you believe we are just about done? I just realized this. Just hit me. Just about done with January, which means we'll be a 12th of the way through the year. I don't know. My mind is just... Blake, can you believe this? Blake Gallagher working behind the glass. Great job today. Is your mind exploding at that thought, just like me? Yeah, yeah, he's he's giving me a little bit of a nod, like, oh my goodness, eye-popping. It is eye-popping, to be sure. 303-696-1971, our telephone number if you'd like to join into the festivities. So New York City Mayor Eric Adams ain't too happy about how big cities like his are carrying the weight of Biden's porous border policies. Take a listen to this, and ain't it rich? How serious is uh, the the crisis at the border, and what, what pressures are putting on you as a mayor of New MSNBC. York City? Well, I believe that when I took the trip to the El Paso, you could see firsthand the impact of how it not only uh, harmed the foundation of El Paso, but look at Chicago, Houston. 
Washington, New York City, this is just unfair for cities to uh, carry the weight of a national problem. We're going to open four more uh, hotels, emergency hotels. We have to open Herc's. Uh, this is a major financial impact on New York City and cities across this country that are receiving a brunt of it. That's on MSNBC, and it is the Democrat mayor of an especially large city, none other than New York City. And he's saying we have to carry the burden of the border policies. We are financially being squeezed because of the obligations we have to meet to care for all of these illegal immigrants who are coming across the border and ending up in New York City. But isn't it rich? Isn't it? It's that sort of NIMBY mentality-ish. That is to say, well, it's not happening in my backyard, so I'm not worried about it. But then when it is in my backyard, well, I don't want it to be in my backyard, and we need to finally start cracking down on it. You notice this in Chicago with Lori Lightfoot, for example, another instance of a Democrat big city governor who has said, okay, this is too far. This has gone too far. And we will allow it to go no further. We need to speak up. Give us the money. Help us out. Because we are being squeezed. Now New York City is facing the consequences. Others are. And yet, The Biden administration is still failing to secure the southern border and to address the record flow of illegal immigrants that are coming across the border. Enabling, in essence, and empowering the coyotes to continue doing what they are doing. Putting children at severe risk. Encouraging People who just want a better life to make a very, very dangerous trek. And then come here with the expectation that everything is hunky-dory. Folks, where is the Biden administration on this? Will they finally get their acts together? Who knows? Who knows? Other interesting stories. Maybe we'll get to this one a little bit more later. Our good friend, mine and Stephens, our best pal. Denver School Board Vice President, Colorado's biggest racist, Tay Anderson, has obtained a restraining order and filed a criminal complaint against vocal district critic Brandon Pryor, who recently won a court victory overturning Denver Public Schools' efforts to bar him from district property. Both men agree they had an argument Friday morning about Anderson's December vote to move the school prior founded Robert F. Smith Steam Academy from its current location to a former elementary school miles away from the far northeast community it serves. But their accounts of what happened differ. This is according to Chalkbeat Colorado. 
in an affidavit filed with Denver County Court and in an interview with Chalkbeat, Anderson said Pryor swore at him, used abusive language, and threatened him in his place of employment. By the way, the place of employment is called the Struggle of Love Foundation. Tay Anderson has a job, and it is working for the Struggle of Love Foundation, a nonprofit organization. Pryor said he works in the same building and stops by regularly. He said the affidavit is a lie, that he never threatened anyone, and that Anderson swore at him first. Anderson also filed a municipal criminal complaint against Pryor on Monday, pressed for criminal charges. A Denver Police Department spokesman declined to release a police report on the incident, citing an open investigation. So isn't this rich? Tay Anderson gets into an argument with somebody else over something to do with DPS, where he's a board member. And what does he do? He goes to the police. Supposedly the most anti-police guy in Denver. He beats that drum and has for years, but whenever he needs it, he exercises his police privilege. Now, the restraining order issued Tuesday is temporary, according to Denver County Court, with a hearing set for February 7th to determine whether it will be extended. The restraining order requires Pryor to stay 10 yards away from Anderson at public forums and otherwise stay 100 yards away from Anderson. Pryor is not allowed to contact Anderson while the order is in place. you make of that one gets into a heated argument with a guy that dps tried to bar the school board tried to bar from board meetings that guy wins in court judge says you can't deny him access to the board meetings so then they get into an altercation an argument And Tay Anderson goes and files, presses charges and files a restraining order for a temporary restraining order and gets it, of course. You just can't make this stuff up. The guy's always in the source of drama, always in some kind of argument. It sounds like they got a personal beef with one another. What can you do? Well, you could act like adults. Right? Can't you act like an adult? Well, I don't know that we've ever seen Tay, who also goes by A.N. Tay Anderson, ever really act like an adult. Act like an adult. Can't do it? Oh, yeah, okay. Thought not. What a story. What a story. Meanwhile, one of Tay Anderson's mentors, State Representative Leslie Herod, who just got a $15,200 fine from the Secretary of State reduced to just $50. Leslie Herod has now had or received the endorsement of former Denver Mayor Wellington Webb. 
endorsing her today, saying, Leslie brings fresh ideas and energy. Many candidates have good ideas on paper, but to actually be able to execute is a unique talent. Let's keep in mind all the soft on crime policies that Leslie Herod put into place. that she has advocated for. And former Mayor Webb calls these fresh ideas, executing good ideas. Are you kidding me? My goodness. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Your thoughts on Tay Anderson, on Mayor Webb's endorsement of Leslie Herod, on Swalwell and Shift being tossed from the Intel Committee, or as we continue the conversation, on Ukraine and Russia. We're going to pick it up. In the next hour, 303-696-1971, we have one line open. We'll get to calls and then to Keith Nobles, longtime military intelligence contractor, who's going to give his insights on what's happening in Ukraine with those tanks going in. Keep it right here. News Talk 710 KNUS. Jimmy in for Stefan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.